Hello, and welcome to the latest instalment of our Asia Pacific Future of Consumer Prediction Series for 2022. I'm James Alsop, a disputes partner in our Tokyo office, and today I'm joined by Catherine Sanger, a disputes partner in our Hong Kong office. Over the last two years, we've seen an increase in disputes between manufacturers and their local distributors, arising out of underperformance and disagreements over strategy in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. Our prediction for 2022 is that this trend will continue as manufacturers seek to reassess and reposition their operations to align with new strategies in anticipation for the pandemic moving into its end game. Now, Kath, as a disputes lawyer, when I reflect on that prediction, I find myself thinking about issues to do with termination rights and the potential for contentious termination. Well, I agree, James, and obviously we've been doing a lot of work in this area recently. Um, you know, when we look at clients restructuring their overseas sales operations, and um, that often means ending existing relationships, for example, with local distributors or importers. And this, of course, creates the potential for contentious or disputed terminations, uh, arguments about renewal of, of contract terms, and of course, the terms of any handover. Timing, um, you won't be surprised to hear, is often critical, and managing that timing for ending or transitioning the relationship requires careful consideration of what your options are, um, or as we'll discuss, what the conditions for renewal are and have they been met, as well as any notification steps. This should be part of the analysis early on when looking to make a change. And of course, documentation is also key. Ideally, if the relationship has been brought to an end early, a manufacturer will be in a position to exercise a contractual right for termination for convenience, as opposed to asserting a right for termination for cause. But Termination of convenience invariably requires notice, often several months notice in advance, um, particularly in the distribution context. And so it takes time to implement. And parties will therefore sometimes look to terminate the cause as that is immediate or at least more immediate. And while that may be a sensible strategy, it can prove not to be the case if that leads to a protracted and lengthy, so a protracted and, and, and costly dispute. I think the reality is that it's not uncommon to see disputes concerning disputed termination in the distribution context. And broadly, there are, there are two reasons for this. The first is that in addition to challenging termination on the basis that there's been no breach of contract, distributors may have a range of other lines of challenge to available to them. These may arise under the governing law of the contract. So, for example, under Japanese law, Continuous contracts, which can include distribution agreements, require good cause to bring to an end and termination rights have to be executed in good faith. So this can result in manufacturers motivations for termination being put into issue. Alternatively, distributors may be afforded protections by the local law where they operate the provisions of which may either be mandatory or otherwise included through hybrid governing law clauses. So, for example, legal systems in the um, Middle East are very pro-distributor. The second reason is that distributors will often have real motivation to pursue claims. 
So in addition to the financial consequences for termination, particularly for long term contracts, which you often see with distribution arrangements, there may also be significant reputational damage um, following, following termination. So that can often result in distributors bringing, um, in some cases, quite novel claims against manufacturers. Because of this, it's often useful for manufacturers to consider whether they can utilise any dispute resolution escalation steps in the contract to try and proactively bring the issue to a head and hopefully reach a sensible and an amicable negotiated outcome. Pragmatic commercial discussions at an early stage are typically the best formula for a good outcome and strategic use of escalation steps can help with this. Yes, and I think it's also important to look at the consequences, um, you know, the provisions in a contract for what happens on a termination, you know, particularly obviously once you're given notice, you know, will those provisions facilitate a smooth transition or will there be um, room for um, debate and um, dispute? I mean, hopefully your contract will address things like, um, you know, what do you do? How do you pay for outstanding payable um payables and receivables, what do you do with, with leftover stock, um, inventory, etc. Um, what about sell-off periods? Um, what can you do in those sell-off periods? Where can you sell? What can you do in terms of using IP rights, etc. And then of course the transfer and the use of IP um, and the handover of the business itself, if there is a business to hand over, including the price um, is something that will need to be considered and usually um, negotiated. But if the contract doesn't deal with all or just some of these things, which is often the case, um, this can lead to fairly complex negotiations um, or increasingly um, in this environment in particular, a live dispute and then some form of court or um, for us arbitration proceeding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, on the topic of provisions that aren't always clear cut or as well drafted as they may be, we've increasingly seen renewal clauses being the focus of attention. So it's common for distribution contracts to make provision for renewal. However, the drafting of such clauses can sometimes leave scope for argument about whether, for example, the renewal is automatic upon the satisfaction of certain criteria or whether renewal is merely envisaged as a possibility and subject to um, further negotiation between the parties. And even in circumstances where there is a clear provision for automatic renewal, there can inevitably be scope for argument about though whether the requirements for renewal have been met. That in turn can lead to situations where a manufacturer may consider a contract to have come to an end, but the distributor may disagree and refuse to cease operations and hand them back to the manufacturer. So Kath, what, what sort of options are available to a manufacturer in that situation? Well, that's of course where the dispute resolution clause can become particularly important, you know, in addition to sort of the handover provisions. And you've talked already about sort of escalation clauses. But in addition, um, is it possible um, to get injunctive relief? Do you need to get injunctive relief? Where can you go? Can you go locally um, at the place of distribution? Is that possible if your arbitration is seated elsewhere? Can you go to the tribunal for some kind of um, interim measure? Or even in some jurisdictions, um, can you go and get some kind of emergency relief from an, from an emergency tribunal? Um, and these are all things to think about. Um, 
Often, of course, when we're talking about distribution and brand contracts and self-help remedies also play a very important role. Um, can you take back control of the e-commerce platform? Um, often that's something that's available and can be particularly critical. Um, and, and in this environment, having sort of control of the e-commerce platform, of course, is increasingly important. And as the market begins to open up, Certainly in, um, perhaps we're not there yet in Hong Kong, but in many other jurisdictions, the market is beginning to open up. So what can you do and how can you position yourself to take, um, to take you know, maximum steps available to you as soon as that open up begins to happen? And these are all things that you can start to think about really as you think about transitioning the relationship. That's always the case that prevention is better than cure. So as manufacturers look to reposition and restructure their distribution arrangements, they should be thinking about the same concepts that we've been discussing, but with a forward looking mindset. So this should include clarity around the service deliverables. How will contractual compliance be judged? What's required of the distributor? What are the KPIs? Where possible, there would also be flexibility around exit rights. However, there's typically a trade-off between for convenience termination rights and creating the sort of long-term relationships that work well in the distribution context. And often the quid pro quo for distributors investing in a collaborative relationship might involve giving up some of the flexibility to end the relationship at will. No, exactly. And now we've talked about this, you know, but but you know, when you're looking at your contract, you know, we've seen firsthand um you know, very recently that having clear rights and obligations during the sell-off period, including use of, um, you know, not just the, the sort of the e-commerce platform, but also social media accounts, um, Instagram, etc. And the brand IP is particularly important to so give thought to that. Um, and again, as we said, think about the dispute resolution clause, embed an efficient clause that works think about escalation rights sometimes they're a positive thing sometimes they can be seen as a hindrance to starting the sort of contentious proceeding but think about whether um, having some kind of escalation process is something that would work well for you and your distributor and then you know what about brand protect protection whether you're on the distributor side or the brand side um, you know how can you make best of use of the of the boilerplate provisions or the wording in your contract you know if you ever get to a sort of contentious situation um, often you don't think about that when you're entering into a relationship as you say but think about what might be useful um, if in fact you do need to part ways you know what might be seen as boilerplate um, when the distribution agreement is signed can be very useful when you're going to court or going to an arbitration tribunal and asking for assistance to protect the brand. Um, so, so citing brand protection, of course, can be very important in any interim application. So think about that when you're putting sort of the structure of the contract together. And you know, in this context, it also usually includes choosing arbitration. Not always, but arbitration can be a good choice. Choosing a sensible seat as the fallback forum for resolving cross-border disputes in, in an efficient way, but ensuring that you have the ability to get, um, you know, interim relief in aid of those proceedings, you know, wherever possible. Well, that's all from us today. Thank you very much for joining and stay tuned for the next instalment of our APAC Future of Consumer series that will be hitting the airlines shortly. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud 
and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.